Welcome to Growth Amplifiers. I am Kenny Harper. Growth Amplifiers showcases ideas from the top business owners and entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you to thrive in your life, business, and achieve a higher purpose. I'll be sharing actionable insights you can apply towards your business in each session. Growth Amplifiers is dedicated to you, your success, and fulfillment. Get ready to amplify. Hey there, Amplifiers. We have been through a massive game-changing pandemic, and it took a lot of people by surprise. Some people think, oh, you know, it's kind of going away. It's all over. But others are saying, you know what? Um, we've heard a lot about potential second wave. Well, our guest today is, is really going to be helping us to think about that and making sure that we're taking the right steps. Uh, why should we consider it? Whether you believe it's a hoax or not, this is actually a pandemic that has affected the world. So without further ado, our topic today is how and why entrepreneurs should prepare for a second wave of COVID-19. And our guest today is the author of The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Wellbeing. And this is a great book. If you like books that are easy to read and provide value and help give you some things to uh, you know, get better clarity on where you want to go, this is a great book. And our guest is going to be talking about this because he is the author. Excited to have him here. And welcome to Growth Amplifiers, Wayne Titus. Kenny, thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I'm looking forward to uh, so you've got a lot of great things to talk about. We've got COVID, we've got the book, and we've also, you have a business as well. You know, being an amplifier, you have a business as well. But before we go too far in that, if you wouldn't just, um, if you wouldn't mind just doing us a favor and telling us just a little bit more about you personally and how you get started doing what you're doing. Sure. Well, uh, in 2002, I left public accounting to start my own business, uh, helping families and small businesses. Um, we focus on integrating the tax financial investment strategy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just felt like, you know, I was working with fortune 50 clients and I, I didn't feel like I was making a big impact. Mm -hmm. And I thought I'd like to take those skills and, you know, impact a broader aspect of my community. And so that's why I started my business. And, and that's where we've been since 2002. Well, high five you on that. <laughs> you know, that's, I can relate to that a lot. Um, I, I used to work for some larger advertising companies and they would work with these big global brands we got to do some really cool things, but at the same time, there's a difference when you can actually connect with someone and really see the, the impact you can make in their lives and their family's lives and yeah. their business. So that's awesome to hear that you have that. And, um, and so you've had this amazing career, right? And if you can tell us just a little bit more about your business and if people are interested and they want to learn a little bit more where, where they can go to find out. Yeah, sure. Well, they can find us at amdgservices.com. Um, that tax integration, financial integration, investment integration. That's one of the things, you know, uh, it's not about what you earn in the markets. It's what you keep after taxes. Right. And, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs are really aware of the impact of taxes on their business and the profits from their businesses. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's important to integrate those things. Most advisors are working with, uh, or most uh, entrepreneurs are working with advisors that are kind of silo focused. You know, they've, they've got the CPA that does the tax return. They've got the financial advisor that's managing the portfolio, may or may not be providing any financial advice. 
But if you try to cross the lines, if you talk to your CPA about investments, they'll say talk to your investment advisor. If you try to talk to your investment advisor about taxes, they say talk to your CPA. Never the twain shall meet. And the important thing that I found, you know, my, my father was a business person and uh, he struggled at one point in time and ended up, uh, you know, with a bankruptcy on his hands. He didn't have an advisor that could help him see the pitfalls and see around the corners. Mm. And it's really important to engage that kind of advisor to help. And, and that's what we do is we try to help our clients see around corners, try to see the pitfalls and to mitigate the impact of taxation on the profits of businesses. And you can do that, but you need to integrate the tax financial and investment strategy to do it effectively. Mm. So to do it effectively, I love the integration. Uh, you're playing it from both sides. And when you're, you play, you put more cards in your hand, you can play a better hand. That's really powerful. Uh, so tell us about this book. You know, I'm glad to have a copy of it and I've read a lot of different books and not all of them are very strategic in, in guiding someone through ga gaining value and helping them see things differently. And I thought this was really well done. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wrote it with a, the idea that the entrepreneur is the focus. A lot of those concepts can be used really by any investor um, that, that's trying to manage uh, their assets for the benefit of their families. Um, you know, the important, the important aspects of these things, again, are making sure that you, that you have the integration, that you're thinking about that. And it's a complex topic and people don't really understand why that's important. And so I try to use a lot of uh, real life examples of, of how that's impactful and what you can do to change things. Um, mitigation of tax is probably the most complex things. When you look at our tax system, you know, mm -hmm. as a CPA, I look at our tax system, there's probably six or seven different dimensions of taxation, which means if you do one thing here, there could be, uh, you know, a negative result on the other side. You have to look at all these different kind of facets of that tax system and the impact with your business, implementing retirement plans, making sure that you're not over overweighting the benefit to employees, making sure you're getting a good benefit out of it. All of those things work together and, and working with an advisor that's uh, an interpretive advisor. We can talk more about that if you like uh, is, is one of those that has a team, you know, they, they have a team or they're, they're experienced across that spectrum mm. of services that are impactful. So you don't want to just get a master builder as an advisor that, you know, can build the temp, uh, the, the, uh, pyramids at Giza, you want a team of master builders that can build that skyscraper that with those really complex plumbing, electrical, uh, you know, uh, built to, to um, survive wind shears, all of those complexities of a tall skyscraper are much more complex than building the pyramids. They talk about how difficult it must have been, but truly building a, a skyscraper is complex. So you want to have a team of advisors that understand all the complexities and facets of these different areas of investment, tax, and financial strategy. I love that thought. You know, in, in the concept in my world, you know, rock my image, growth amplifiers. We talk about, you know, we all play like different instruments. And when you can get together with the right group, you can create some harmony, some beautiful music, yeah. and, and really create something that has really good synergy. Uh, and I can see that that has a good parallel. And I, I really love some of the, the graphics and illustrations that you have in this book to give some clarity. So definitely highly recommend um, checking this out. Now, one of the things that we wanted to definitely make sure that we get to is 
this second wave, you know, people are, are scared right now. Um, some people more than others, there, there's, there's some people that are a little less afraid. They think that things are done, but if you know your history, you know, that these pandemics don't always just fade away and we're getting ready to go into some times where I think it, it could get out of hand. So, uh, let's get into onto that topic. So if people are tuning in, they're like, well, what, what is this about? Um, how and why entrepreneurs should prepare for a second COVID-19 wave? Yeah. So, you know, obviously we were in the, well, and I don't know if we're through the first wave yet, but we're, <laughs> you know, we're in that situation where right around the 10th of March or so, uh, it was kind of business as usual. And by the 12th to the 13th of March, a lot of us woke up and said, and said, you know, I'm wondering how I can stay in business. Right. right? Overnight, I mean, this is mm-hmm. a, this is a paradigm shift for for a lot of businesses, and so I think you know, for a lot of folks out there, a second shutdown, and it depends on the state that you're in, uh, you know, what the governors are doing in in those states. I mean, it's it's all dependent on a lot of these other variables that we can't control. But a second shutdown, you know, will probably mean a permanent closure for for uh, some businesses. But for those you know, that could survive. Now's the time to prepare for that. Um, you know, if you have outstanding receivables, start to really push on collections, um, building those cash reserves and cutting expenses, I think as much as possible. If you haven't already done that, uh, take a second look at that. Um, if you've not, uh, you know, if you weren't in that first wave of PPP or, you know, the EIDL loans, uh, if you've got a business that's a little bit larger, you might be able to get a main street lending package uh, through, through the uh, uh, Treasury Department, you know, those, those funds are available. Uh, PP is not, PPP is not uh, available any longer, but still, you can still get an EIDL loan. Uh, start to think about lining up other opportunities to have some cash flow uh, and some, some uh, cushion. Right. I think, uh, you know, I think the other thing is be looking forward for you know, potential new product offerings or other additional revenue streams. You've got to always be looking ahead. Looking ahead, got to be aware that, you know, like you said, it caught so many people off guard. I was down in Orlando with my family for spring break. We had the kids down and they were going to be going to school the next week. And then, okay, they're, they're going to stay home for another week. And then the, the next week we were doing homeschooling. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. What are we doing? And luckily, a lot of things that I, I could do virtually, but I know I work with a lot of different types of businesses and, and some of them were getting just punched right in the gut yeah. really early on, having to lay off staff, having to shut their doors. And some have you know managed to get back on their feet and adapt. Others are still feeling the, the impacts. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, th- I think those are kind of those, those lessons like that you learned in that, in that first aspect of that, you know, is the importance of communicating regularly with your employees and your customers, you know, for those businesses that were able to, and, and, and started working remotely, that mm-hmm. communication was critical, uh, to do that. Um, you know, most small businesses don't have that crisis plan, uh, or communication plan. And that pandemic forced them to look at that seriously. That's a really good point. You talk about having a, a crisis plan or an emergency plan. We have one for if the house catches on fire, right? We, we have a plan of what we do so we stay safe. 
We don't always think of a pandemic plan because we haven't had one in our lifetimes. But right now we're in the middle of one and it may resurge. And if not uh, immediately, chances are there are other viruses and things that now we should be prepared for. So if you, if you wouldn't mind, um, you've got a lot of expertise and knowledge when it comes to you know accounting and financial planning. What are some of the ways that you may work with somebody to help them get prepared? Or um, what are some things that people can do to, to start really making sure that they're taking the right steps? I think one of the best exercises to do is, uh, you know, what we used to refer to as a what could go wrong scenario, mm -hmm. right? Just start asking questions about what could go wrong and keep asking that question uh, and try to come up with the answers. Uh, when I worked, uh, you know, in, in public accounting, we were always looking at the control environment. What, what, what ensured that the transactions were being processed properly? And we would have to say, well, what could go wrong? You know, mm -hmm. well, the clerk doesn't fill out the invoice properly or, you know, the system goes down and we can't get to the information re regarding uh, collection of accounts receivable. What are the things that can go wrong in your business? And then start to evaluate, do I have a, a plan or a thought of what I might do if that goes wrong? If you have that list and you can then start to, you can start to say, well, that's not really that likely. You can take that off the table maybe, right? Who, who would have thought this pandemic would have been this likely that we would have be working from our homes the next day in some cases. Right. right? Um, that's probably not a question we would have asked then, but maybe now we have that, uh, that, that history that we can look back and say, well, now if I ask that question, what would I do better the next time? Or what should I be prepared for? So asking what can go wrong is, is the most important question to ask. And just, you know, from my line of world, it's a little bit different in, in the marketing and sales world, but just an example, a uh, talking point, uh, there's some restaurants that got hit, they had to shut their doors, they had capacity, and some restaurants who were kind of like doing the th same thing they've always done were challenged. Mm -hmm. uh, some others adapted and said, what can we do to to really make, um, to take advantage of this? And some are actually seeing more profitability now because they're being able to operate and market to their, their contact list, the people who they've built a list up to, to say, Hey, we, we're out here and we can now sell things without as much overhead. Mm -hmm. Um, so long story short, when, as you're mentioning, when you prepare ahead, you can start maybe avoid catastrophe, but you can also potentially really improve, um, even potentially even be better off than you may have if you hadn't taken the time to really think through that, what are some things we could do creatively? So I, right. I love it. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Now you start to, you've looked at your business differently and you said, what is this bricks and mortar building doing for me? Um, and how, how, how could I continue to exist with potentially without that expense? Right. Mm -hmm. um, or if I can't go back there, what do I need to do in order to keep my head above water? Um, you know, Cross-training employees, I think, is an important aspect of things, making sure you have some backup because if somebody gets sick, you know, and they're sick for a long time, right? and they're in a critical role, what are you going to do? You have to have, you have, to have some backup um, uh, in place. So I think, you know, even expanding and looking at the human resources, not just from the perspective of how can I maybe reduce my expenses, maybe by reducing payroll, but how do I need to make sure that I have duplication within that? reduced payroll so that I'm not stuck, um, 
you know, and caught sideways uh, with somebody or without somebody that can actually do the work that I need, need them to do that's critical during this time. So when you're engaging with business owners and helping them out either for their business or their, their personal investing, um, what, what are, what are some of the things you do to help them with their, uh, financial well-being to make sure that they're doing the right things? Well, for us, for us, it's always been about taking a holistic view of the situation. You know, when you think about, um, uh, you know, terrain out in front of you and, and running a race, a cross country race, you know, you're going up and down the hills, uh, you know, maybe you're using a compass to, to, to do that. You're trying to get from point A to point B and the straight line isn't always the best line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so understanding the terrain is the holistic aspect of things, knowing what your tax situation is, uh, understanding how we can manipulate or mitigate uh, that tax situation by putting a plan in place, a retirement plan or, uh, you know, a cash balance plan, something like that to reduce the impact of, of taxes, but understanding all of those aspects of things. Where are you now? Where do you want to go? Uh, and then what are the resources that you have available to get there? And then what's missing? What do we need to put in place to ensure that, that you have a high likelihood of success? Um, you know, is your savings, your current savings plan sufficient to get you there and doing that projection, doing a 20 to 40 year tax cash flow plan is probably the most impactful uh, thing that we do. And, and most advisors aren't looking at that. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing to change your tax situation uh, by making a contribution to your 401k plan. That's kind of like a point in time. I'm going to reduce my taxes by making that contribution by December 31st. Mm-hmm. That impacts this year. But you have to take that money out, out at some point. And when you take that money out, what's your tax rate going to be? How do you ensure that you're not taking more in one year and pushing yourself into a higher bracket and taking less in the next year and pushing yourself into a lower bracket? You might want to pull income forward and pay less tax over that 20 to 40 year time period. All of those things are really important to look at. Right. That's it's, I'm laughing because it's, it just reminds me of times where it's like, you think you're doing the right thing. And then before you know it, you're looking like, well, that's not what I wanted at all. Why, yeah, that's why? not the result I was looking for. Yeah, maybe I'm going to wipe myself with this napkin to get this little blotch of mustard off. Oh, look, there's more mustard on the napkin. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. So, so an expert can really help you get clarity, clarity and, and see things better, get better perspective. Um, the holistic approach, which is really, really, really valuable. And if you don't take the time to look at it, you may be missing... Like you mentioned in the book, you may have some blind spots that you're not seeing and they can cost you a lot. Yeah. Entrepreneurs, you know, really, uh, they don't know what they don't know and, and they really do know their business, right? Cause that's, the, what's what they have passion for. Mm-hmm. Very few entrepreneurs that I know have passion for pursuit of understanding taxation and how that works and how to integrate it with investments or a financial plan. That's what I do. That's my passion. Right. right. So um, TurboTax is not doing this for you. Just to be clear, like yeah, I do the, my the taxes. Goal, <laughs> the goal isn't to make that number, you know, roll into the biggest num- the biggest amount of refund, no matter what. Right. right. You definitely want to look at what your the impact of taxes is and how can you mitigate it. So, Wayne, that's one of the things I really appreciate you appreciate about you is you're, you're really a strategist, which is really the 
that one of the key components of being a growth amplifier is really having the right strategies and systems to amplify and get better results. Uh, so thank you for sharing that insight and helping us to remember we got we got to make sure that we're doing the right things to be prepared. Um, so just as we're kind of getting some ideas concluded here, um, for those who are interested to learn more about your business, obviously they can go to your website, but if they wanted to learn more about this book that I've raved about a couple times, uh, how could they get a copy? Well, they can get a copy on Amazon books or Google books. If you just, you know, search for the entrepreneur's guide to financial well-being. Uh, you could also go to my author page, Wayne B Titus three.com. Uh, gives you more information on the book and how to get it. Um, you know, it's available, I think, in the Apple bookstore as well. Super cool. Highly suggest you check it out. It's it's definitely a good read. Give you some good ideas. Um, and then, Wayne, so one of the things at Growth Amplifiers, we, we ask people this, if they could share just something that they've learned on their journey that's been really helpful to others so that they can avoid either mistakes or take a step higher because they have extra insights. What's something that you could share with the Growth Amplifiers community? I, I think uh, one of the major things that I would share is understanding the kind of advisor that you're currently working with and identifying if that advisor is the appropriate advisor for you. There's three kinds of advisors that are out there. There's the paternalistic advisor. Mm -hmm. The paternalistic advisor tells you what to do. Kind of like my dad used to tell me, do as I say, not as I do. Mm -hmm. Didn't give me a lot of explanation of why not. Right. <laughs> I kind of pushed back against that. Uh, that's just kind of the way I am. Uh, the second advisor is an informative advisor. That advisor goes out, does a lot of research, and then basically dumps it on your desk and says, here you go, you decide. That's helpful, but that's not really helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, and then finally, the interpretive advisor, the one that goes out, does all the research, sifts through it, in light of what are your goals and objectives, what do they know about you and your situation, and then says, I think these are the three strategies or the three things you should consider. Maybe it's five things, but whatever it is, here's some things you should consider and why. This is the one thing that I would recommend. They take the noise out of the market. There's a lot of noise and distraction. So an effective advisor is an advisor that's an interpretive advisor, mm. one that's gonna help you see around corners to see ahead uh, maybe to see the pitfalls that are in front of you because of their experience and knowing and understanding what your situation is and where you want to go and what the ground looks like out ahead of you. I love it. I picked up something myself just from hearing your conversation there. Thank you so much for sharing that, Wayne. It's been an awesome time connecting, hearing about your business, getting some a moment to reflect and saying, hey, you know what? It didn't hurt to give a little bit of time and attention to prepare what second wave may be around the corner. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Kenny, it was my pleasure. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.